Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Justin Linville. Hey. You were the... Do you? Let's take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Linville. Hello. Justin Linville. Yes. You were the co-host on last night's CGP with Carmen Christopher. Yes. Did a great job. Carmen. Justin, be honest with me. If you Mm -hmm. weren't booked to be on the show, would you have watched it? I think I would have watched that one live, yeah. I watch watch all the episodes. I'm not able to watch all of them live. I would say you watch almost none of them live. Uh, I watch half of them live. That's, I think, a severe overestimation. I think that's an underestimation. Okay, on your we're part. in a tiff. Start the show, Harry. Justin, I do want to check in with you. Last night on the TV show, uh, Carmen Christopher outright replaced you as his co-host. Yeah, with a stranger. Stranger, random studio audience member. Yeah. It seemed, at least from watching, to have no emotional impact on you. Well, it was really beautiful with the competition and the Gangnam Style and the Ice Bucket. It was like watching a damn movie. And now, the day after, as you realize that you're moving on, walking off into the sunset before Carmen's next episode. Feeling good about that, bad about that, indifferent too. I feel like how I did after I watched Toy Story 4. Is that the one with the incinerator? Toy Story 3 was the one about the incinerator. Toy Story 4 just came out, and it was a beautiful story about... Was that in theaters now, or did I miss... I never get to see movies anymore with the baby around. It's in theaters now. Oh, maybe I'll go check that out. It might be on on demand at this point. I think you should watch it. It's really good. We'll catch up later. Let's see. Of course, you are my co-host on the show. I've been encouraging you to overthrow me. You refuse. You have cast your own co-host, mm-hmm. which is a rare Yay. power. So this is your co-host, but no real association with me, Maya Sharma. Welcome back to the show. Hi. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. How you been? Pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm coming from work, and I was late to work. Uh, actually, can we delete that? It's deleted. Okay, great. Let's. You know what? Let's go ahead and, Harry, if we can. I think something's happening. I think there's like a fire drill happening. In the yeah. building? Yeah. Is that what I that hear, beep is? Yeah, I hear that beep. So just it's be, the if most something ineffective happens, fire alarm. Well, maybe that's not, I don't know. Just be prepared. Are you it. recording? Can they hear you they, on the recording? I think they can hear me, yeah. So in case you're not recording your any of it, Harry is telling us there is a fire alarm going off, and then he just said, just be aware of it. 
indicating that we should continue even though the building may be on fire. Is that your official stance, Harry? Yeah, I just, there, you can hear the beeps. That usually <laughs> means that something's happening. Is it blinking? But I don't, uh-huh. there's the, no. The fire light is not blinking, but it is beeping. I think they can probably hear the <laughs> There it beeping. is. <laughs> Just say ignore. He said, "May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Please ignore." May I have your attention, please. This is your fire safety director. Please ignore. Please ignore. <laughs> okay. You got. I mean, you now got, one of these podcast pranksters pulled the I fire alarm. Say, are you going to include this? Because you should. Can, we are. This is all staying in. And can I just say, okay, based on... Any, I was late to work. Can we just get rid of the part where I say I was late to work? Yes, we'll just delete that and leave in all the fire parts. Can I also just say on my end that you? So I, we all know each other in this room to varying degrees. Anyone listening probably knows my public image. Justin, do you think it'll ever stop where things like that happen to me all the time? I think we can have fun with that sort of thing. It's very real, though, that this is my life. Sure. I mean, it does happen. I got big-timed by Macaulay Culkin the other day, too. <laughs> what happened? I was sitting next to Anna Fabrega at Brett Davis's uh, Macaulay <laughs> Not recording any of that? So Justin wasn't recording. But what? I think we have it elsewhere in the show. Wait, like, what do you mean the he backup. wasn't recording? His mic was not recording. His so. mic was not recording. Everyone else's was. Okay. I think it'll be the... fine. Just keep going. Harry, where is Jared? <laughs> He's in London. Jared's in London, London and this thing is a goddamn disaster. And I'm talking about getting big time by Macaulay Culkin and then you interrupt me while I'm doing it effectively big time. I didn't want to lose the story. Okay, Tim Platt's here too. Hi. Let's introduce everybody. Tim, Hi. how are you? I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> Tim, I'm in a bad mood now because the fire alarm and Harry and all this stuff and I'm so sorry. You're in a bad mood too because... Uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, want to go to bat. You want to take a stand at the top of the episode. Tim Platt, very, oh. very funny comedian. But we do want to get on record that there's an injustice happening to one of our comrades in arms. I just want to say that uh, uh, Kickstarter, which I've been a fan of for a really long time, uh, uh, there's been some firings that are connected to unionization efforts there. Um, people are being retaliated against for unionizing, and I think that's a really fucking bad thing, even though I think Kickstarter is really cool and does a lot of good, good things for artists. I think it's a big problem that unionization is not being allowed there, and people are being fired in pro- Appropriately, uh, so pay attention. There's gonna be articles coming out about it, uh, uh, and that's one thing I want to say. But I also want to say that I support Chris's anger. I Thank saw you him so much. I saw him put a hat. I I, I saw him put a hat <laughs> on top of his headphones in a and, moment of frustration. Yeah, and yeah. then take it off when he realized that it was it wasn't, it wasn't gonna, gonna work. fit. It but, wasn't gonna work. <laughs> but I also understand. I feel like I'm a hat guy, and like there's a this there's a, a the movements I'll, of hats all over is a real it's a real showcase of comfort. I will say you verbally said you were supporting me, and then it seemed like you proceeded to make fun of me. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no. I, I can see how you thought that, but that's so far from the case. Uh, uh, I just noticed the hat thing. I connected the hat thing. Also joining us this week, the host of next week's episode of CGP, someone I've long thought was one of the more charming people <laughs> in the comedy scene. Good old Mary Houlihan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Long overdue. What's up? How are you? Good. I'm having a good day. That's so you don't share in the uh, the dismal frustration I have mixed with the anger that Tim Platt has. Um, you're just having I, a good. I old definitely day. have concern about Kickstarter and am interested in seeing how this unfolds. Um, I don't really understand why you're mad, Chris. Um, and 
Actually, I, I can speak of that. Is a, 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 <laughs> he was he was big time by uh, Macaulay Culkin. Like, uh-huh. He was sitting at Brett Davis' show, and then uh, next to Anna Fabrega. He's next to Fabrega, he walks up to Fabrega, puts his arm on my chest, <laughs> on your chest, pretty much physically, like an inch away. He's like, "Hi, it's so nice to meet you." She's like, "Great to meet you too." He's like, "I'm excited about the show," and he walks away, and I'm like, "Hi, yeah, I'm Chris." And Anna was like, "Wait, he." You hadn't int- you hadn't talked already, and I was like, no. And she was like, that's really weird. I was like, yeah, this is it's still my life. Yeah, every day, every day. Mary, maybe he's nervous around you. I can't imagine. One time, that that's I true. did that to a celeb. You Wait, like well, to tell me I'm a celeb. You told me last night that I'm a celeb as well. It makes celeb. me very uncomfortable. You're much more famous than any of us combined. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very much. I'm on the lowest rung of celebrity, and it's plummeting every day. The Q rating's getting lower by aye, the aye, moment. Aye. So picture this: um, I went to a taping of Nick Offerman's comedy special, and then I went to an after thing afterwards, and. Um, he was so famous that I was very starstruck and I couldn't really mm-hmm. talk to him. So what happens to me in those situations is like I don't want to make them uncomfortable by pointing out that they're famous. And so then I just seem very cold and rude and don't even talk to them. Which I'm sure they love. Um, I don't know. So he was standing next to his opener. And so I went to the opener and I said like, oh, my God, you were so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't say anything <laughs> to Nick Offerman. So, and then afterwards. Sure. And then afterwards, I was like, uh, he just did like 50 minutes of material. And I told the guy next to him that did 10 minutes that he was so fabulous and then said nothing to him. <laughs> Let's go ahead. Every week, Justin comes up with a bit. I don't vet it. They've all, they've gotten progressively, I would say, more well-produced and simultaneously much more confusing. Mm-hmm. Tim and Mary, just so you know, last week, Justin started, I was able to sort out, it involves us all being lost in space. It's a three, this is the second of a three-part game mm-hmm. that was hazy at best and that didn't involve almost no actual involvement from our guests last week. Mm-hmm. And it was also one of the best things that you've ever experienced. Yeah. Let's go to Justin's um, bit of the week. Sure. Um, let's play this previously on. What? You have a previously <laughs> on? Can we talk to you guys? Previously on Podcast in Space. We are in space and this is a ship. And the ship's AI, Blink Check's very own Griffin Newman. Bonjour, je m'appelle Griffinbot. I'm going to kidnap and kill your captain, Chris Gethard. So... <laughs> Chris! Chris, where'd you go? Now I'm alone. How do I help? How do I, what do I do? Why don't you try to figure out what planet I'm on? I think maybe she's on Planet Party Town where everybody does Molly all the time. Great. So next week we're going to Planet Party Town. You have to start designing these where our guests can participate. <laughs> we take you to Planet, planet Party, Party Town. Town. Planet Party that was the whole first half. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wow, this planet is so... Fun. Yeah, this planet looks really fun, doesn't it, guys? C- crew, you guys like this planet? Oh, we, particip- we participate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all part understand. of the crew. Yeah, you guys are the crew. I'm the captain. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. but I don't oh, think my it. captain vocal <laughs> effect has come back. No, it's it's on. It's on. I don't hear it in my headphones. I can hear it. I yeah, really? something. Yeah, yeah, yeah effect. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we're on Planet keeping... Party Town. Mm-hmm. And actually, Mary, you are the scientist on board. Mm-hmm. And Tim, you're the sexy alien. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, Maya's the navigator. I'm the navigator. Um, oh, what's that noise I hear? The planet Party Town has some sort of music playing. Day and night, 
We walk alone and it's everybody's night. Oh, oh, at night. Day and night. Is that Kid Cudi? I'm alone tonight. Hey, Everybody hey, has night. something to What's say. That? Who's singing no along? Who's that? Day, Day and night. <laughs> the things oh, whoa. You, whoa, who yeah, are you? Cool. Who are you? Oh, hey. Hey, dude. You like Kid Cudi, man? Yeah, my, yeah, I love Kid Cudi. Hi, my name's Justin, and this is my space crew. We had just landed here in Party Town. Planet Party <laughs> Welcome Town. to Party Town, dude. I'm I'm uh, I'm Bradley. I'm the frat master. I'm the uh, I'm also the only boy in the theater program. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, bleep. Uh, welcome. You know, we got uh, some drinks over there. Uh, <laughs> Justin, what but, uh, is this? <laughs> Justin, what is this? Who was me? You're the king of the school. I'm all up on you, man. Who was that, Bradley? What Who is was that, Bradley? Uh, that could be literally anybody, guys, you know, because, like, anyway, I like you, dude, because you know who Kid Cudi is. Right, thanks, man, but... But, like, I don't trust the rest of you guys, because, like, I've never met you before, but, like, listen, okay, you can prove my trust by proving you can party. Bleep, blop. How does that freaking sound? You guys think you're up to the, you guys think you're up to this challenge? And what is this, Justin? Okay, so it seems to me, and I'm just kind of piecing this uh, this together. Bradley is a, a local on Planet Party Town, and he doesn't. Uh, it seems to me that he doesn't trust us. Why and is so, he on a phone? He wants to prove that you guys can party. Stop ignoring me, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> My whole thing is I want to prove that you guys can freaking party and. And also, how does that freaking sound to you? And I'm willing to hear feedback. I'm watching Justin scroll, and we're not halfway through the script. Yeah, yeah. Is that a person actually on a phone right now, or did we record it on a phone prior? Yeah. Great. So, Bradley, explain us <laughs> to the, the game. <laughs> we Great, gotta, absolutely. We so, we're going to play our favorite part of the game, which is basically, first, we need somebody to be the host of the party. Uh, how about that disembodied voice, dude? Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. I'll, I'll host the party. Great. Great, great, great. Yeah, and you have a video Bluetooth headset so you can see what's happening. <laughs> great. Okay. Bleep. So, so to, Chris is the host. I have to describe what I see. Mostly I'm floating in space, and I haven't had much oxygen, so I'm actually starting to go a little blind. So I'm just seeing mm -hmm. a lot, like, dim starlight come and go as yeah. my oxygen depletes. That's, yeah. what, that's what I'm seeing. And then I flip that around. And then I have to flip over this card. Oh, so this is, my crew is in front of me. They must prove they can party. This can't be reality. I'll leave it to Bradley. So I've been written out of the game, it seems. And Bradley's going to no, run it? No, you're in the game. You're the I host was in the game. of the party. That was just so a beautiful I'm the host poem. Of the party. So Bradley, explain this what? game to us. Who the fuck is Bradley? Bradley, what's the game? Great. So Chris is the host, and the three of you guys are guests at his party. But each of you has a secret characteristic or quirk that Chris, doesn't know about. It's up to Chris to guess what your quirks are based on your performance. Are we or party here quirks? on Planet Party Town <laughs> called Improvisation. Great. Oh. We're playing the short form improv game known as Party Quirks. I haven't played this since college. Oh. Playing Party Quirks. Wait, college improv. Oh, party quirks. Are we supposed to Wait, look don't, at... Yeah, look at, you I guys can look at your card. Don't show Chris. Okay. And then they enter the party one by one, and then we have to do a scene until I guess what's on the card. You're yeah. the host. Justin, yeah. that's really, your bit of the week is playing Whose Line Is It Anyway style short form improv in audio format. Pretty much, yeah. Do you, wow. um, sorry, do you still want us to be a scientist and a sexy alien? Yeah, so that'd be a layer okay. on top of what okay. you're doing. <laughs> if you can imagine so. that you can be two things at once, then that's what it is. Are you so. crossing it out? <laughs> 
Tim is physically rewriting his own quirk. And Tim's going first. You can't look. Wait, this. wait, wait. You gotta uh, go first if you're uh, if you're changing is, it. Yeah. Uh, this is beyond. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. No, I want to go first. Okay, Mary's actually going to go first. <laughs> Mary, go first. Fighting to go first. Okay. Mary Houlihan is playing a depressed Dracula type. This is highly unorthodox. According to my calculations, this party game is crazy, but oh well, as a scientist, I guess I'll do it. Here goes. <laughs> Getting Amazing into commitment. character now. Okay. Hey, party boss. Hi, welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, cool party. Do you want any uh, punch? I mean, I guess. Listen, you can still party, oh, even though I, I know it. it's tough being Aubrey Plaza. Hey! <laughs> yeah, that was no. it! No. That wasn't, that no. wasn't it. No, Tim, no, no. That wasn't Wait, it. does anyone know each Am other's gonna... cards? No, no, no one knows each other's no. cards. No one even no, knows I, how to cheer I when. just wanted to move it forward. <laughs> so, now, so, you, okay. so now Tim is entering the party. Tim, oh, ding wait, dong. wait, wait, okay. I'm not done. Okay, Mary. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so are we going to, like, suck your blood or, like, what? Oh, I don't know, bored vampire. I'm not bored. I'm... Having a bad time. <laughs> oh, well, all of us get depressed, depressed vampire. Correct. Okay. Whoa, he got it. <laughs> Bradley. Thanks, okay. Bradley. Okay. Now, Tim, do you want to go for it? Tim Platt is playing Mr. Grandolph Oaf, the king's old son. Oh, here I am! Ouch, my back hurts so much! I wish I could get work done on it, but my father, the king, won't let me! Oh! Uh, you see, my father, the king, knows how old I am! He's even older! But he doesn't want me to get better because he doesn't want me to be the king! That's right! I'm kind of a prince in my own way! My name, Mr. Grandolf Ulf! You can get that if you want. So you must be Grand. you must be be Prince Grandolf Uh Mr. Grandolf Ulf, uh, the King. Mr. Grandolf Ulf, the King's old son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah! Yeah, you yeah, got it! So, so anyone listening knows, Tim just turned his card around and showed me. <laughs> well, no, but we all well. know Mr. Grandolf Ulf, the King's old son. That's like a, a classic sort of... An archetype. Yeah, yeah, a Camille de Lotte type, yeah. I think. Yes, sure, yes, yes, great. Yes. So, Maya. Okay, great. Ding I'll dong. Ding dong. <laughs> Maya Sharma is playing... Dr. Melfi. Ding dong, can I come in? Yeah, welcome to the party. Thanks so much here for having me. Off and a depressed vampire. Wow. I, I'm actually here looking for my patient, um, Tony Soprano. Oh, well, Dr. Jennifer Melfi, it's so great <laughs> to have you. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the party. Wow. Wow, this is kind cool. of fun. <laughs> I wish I could be king. My dad's so old, but he won't pass the crown down. Justin. I'm so mad. <laughs> Whoa, oh my god, Chris, how did you do that? Bradley, do we prove we did could we party? Do it? I mean, guys, on my planet, that's a ritual that usually takes about 48 hours to get. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could exceed That was insane. Thanks, Bradley. Guys, Thanks, of Bradley. course you can party. That was so fun and sick. Welcome to Planet Party Town, Yay! guys. Bradley, you're so cool at sports and you're so good in the plays. <laughs> Thanks so much. Hey, we're uh, going to TGIF Fridays after the big <laughs> game and show with you. I don't know. Want to hook up? Cool, Bradley. I'd love to. 
All right, you guys go yeah. ahead to TGI Fridays. I'm going to go find the alien that stole Chris because that's why we came here in the first place. I just wish I knew where to look. It's really hard making decisions There's all by like myself. still four or five sound cues. Well, how about you look right over there at that hut that, I don't know, says mean alien? You're looking at the mean alien hut. <laughs> all right, let's go to the mean alien hut. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, there's no one here at this house. Except for not me. <clears throat> not. So that's where we're, that's the cliffhanger for this okay. week. We found the alien's house. Next, Next week, week on, on the, the finale, finale of Podcast, Podcast in Space. Space. Things get real between what? Maya and Bradley. <laughs> you don't have to hold hands, but you have to be affectionate with me. You just have to, in some way, show me publicly that you, the, the gang? gang gets a parking. Do you want to say it? I didn't know who was saying it. You said it last time. You said it last time. <laughs> I, I, I said this last time. Yes. You said yes, the yeah. thing. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Jimmy Two Shoes has something to say. No one talk to me. I do not want to be talked to. What? No the one talk to Jimmy Two Shoes. Ah! All, All that, that and more, more next, next week, week on, on Podcast, Podcast in Space. Podcast. <laughs> Justin, you and Maya are also doing half of it live, half of it recorded. The listener has no idea which is which. Mm-hmm. I'm. That was epic. I think if you listen, thank you. Thank you. In a confusing way. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Hey, Mary, what did you think of Mr. Grandolf Ulf? Do you want me to read what you wrote? Yeah. Okay. Can we do a little <clears throat> scene of you two? Oh, God. Yeah. So you're still the vampire. You're still the vampire. What? You're... Really? Am I happy or still depressed? Depressed, depressed. Depressed. And you read that. Part of who you are. <laughs> I love Mr. Grandolf Ulf. Mm. The king's son. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. Scene. Scene. It was a beautiful. Thank scene. you. Yeah. Who was Bradley? Who's playing Bradley? Who was that? You just had a random guy <laughs> on the phone. That was Bradley. Was Bradley. That was our buddy Ian Lockwood, who's getting married next oh week. Oh my god! Yeah. Hey guys. Oh, he's still on the line. Out of, car- out of character. Line? You're yeah. on the line, babe. He's still on the line. <laughs> hey guys. Show you. Even know. Yeah. Thanks so much for everything. I guess we'll talk to you next week. Congrats on the nuptials. Thanks so much. Wish, uh, wish me luck up there. Okay, yeah. Good luck, <laughs> good luck good up luck. there, buddy. Good luck up there. Bye, Ian. Okay. Okay. Wow, that was really good. I thought he was really Bradley. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's Thanks, pretty Sarah. deep in character. <laughs> I feel less in control of this than I ever have. What's this, our 13th, 14th episode? Oh, this is episode 13. 13 on Earwolf Presents. Yeah. Still in the Earwolf Presents. <laughs> We're getting there. There are, to the listener, there are incremental steps happening. Yeah, or or maybe I canceled this entire show before that cliffhanger. <laughs> what if I canceled it now after part two, and we never did we the show? Un- we would unionize in that case. I'll fire y'all. <laughs> fire now, Mary, you're hosting next week's episode mm-hmm. of CGP. I'm yes. very excited, but can we talk about this? Yes, I'd love to. You hoodwinked me. What? You hoodwinked me. No, I, I don't think that's true. <laughs> you pitched me a very simple idea, and then when you started tweeting about it, it was a different and much more elaborate idea. Chris, you've you've known from the beginning that I was going to do Enchanted Pumice, a live multi-cam soap opera. I don't know what you're talking about. Can we describe the tone in the studio last night? Because you were there, you met Tessa, who will be directing it, mm-hmm. Dave, who heads up our production team. What would you say their tone was as everybody discussed your episode next week? Um, I would say it was everyone saying, cool, fun, and then Dave being like, Oh, God. <laughs> Dave was a little bit of a wet blanket. 
he's well, very he scared. Well, he seems scared. Yes. He seems scared that what you're proposing is not a possible. A wet blanket is a downer. He wasn't being a downer. He seemed scared for now, sure. You, <laughs> you've been in that studio many times mm-hmm. over the years. Yes. It's the, that comedy slot. You are aware of its capabilities and its mm-hmm. limitations. Mm-hmm. Doing a three camera shoot with multiple sets live, mm-hmm. many people would say, is well beyond what that studio can pull off. No, no, because the actors are going to be so organized and rehearsed. (laughs) Typically, when people do a show there um, with a narrative element, no one knows what it is until they get there. And then also they're like whispering to each other, like, is this the part where we're supposed to go on? So I think this will be really controlled and easy. You're, you're, You're calling your shot and saying it will actually be easy. It involves green screens. It involves, let me just be clear to the listeners, Mm -hmm. not one studio, two studios that shall be linked together so Mm -hmm. we can cut between Mm -hmm. them because there's that many sets. Yes. Green screen technology, two full studios, Mm -hmm. I believe at least three, maybe four sets. Is that be with the green screen? Is the green screen one set or is it five sets if you count the green screen? Um, Four, including green screen. So three physical sets, one green screen Mm -hmm. set, two studios linked together, Mm -hmm. a director who has not worked out of the studio yet. Sure. Is it a musical? Nope. Okay. Just a soap opera. It's a soap opera. What, What led you to wanting to write your own soap opera? Well, I've always wanted to utilize a multi cam setup. And so I thought, wow, I get to do whatever I want for an hour. Well, I'll either do a sitcom or a soap opera. And I think a soap opera, um, it got better feedback. And (laughs) true, true. And and, and, um, how comedic will it be versus how much of a straight soap opera are you writing? Um, It's funny. It will be kind of like Airplane. I guess. Both. So we are going to be totally... It will be kind of like one of the funniest movies of all time. (laughs) Well, you know, no one in that movie is like hamming it up. Like everyone's being... Yeah. So that's what it will be like, kind of. That is one of the best movies. Tim, you also love an elaborate stage setup, I've noticed. I do. I like a big whole deal. You like a guitar. You like a puppet. Like a Yeah, I like stuff. I like having stuff. I feel like Colin Quinn has said that this idea that there's alt comedy and club comedy has really gone away. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I do feel like the alt comics still love a lot, like still enjoy, get a lot of joy out of this is a little more elaborate than maybe it even needs to be. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, what I will say is that like, I think I got into stand up because I wanted to do everything I wanted to do. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like in like improv or like even more ensemble theater, I had to really just like follow where everyone else was doing, um, which is great and beautiful, but was not like for, for me at the moment. And so I really wanted to do stand up as like a, just a talker. But then, like, I'd get more reactions doing big stuff or do, get re- more reactions doing big voices or more reactions, like, with music or with, like, puppets. And you just sort of follow that. And then at some point, that's just, like, what you do, you know? What What would you all say is the example of something where you made it too top-heavy with elaborateness? Like, I know for me, we did a Gethard Show episode called The Human Crane where I tried to build a device where I would be lifted by my feet up and down so I could become a human claw game. <laughs> And everyone who watched that episode was concerned because I, I, I really did actually, I was dropped a number of times and people thought I was going to actually like get a spinal injury. 
Uh-huh. This isn't that elaborate, but it was like dumb and unnecessary where I hosted a show that was – I called it Silent Host where I just like sat on stage <laughs> the whole time and like didn't say anything. <laughs> and it was part – it was I made it because I like would break too much. And I was like, well, I want to keep – learn how to not break. I want to learn how to do a deadpan. And so I'd stay on stage the whole time. I tried to make sure I never laughed at other comedians. When they got off stage, I'd have like cards that had, you know – who is next and like one little joke and then at the end of the whole show it turned out i had blood packs in my mouth the whole time and then i'd like do that during a song that i was puppeting i was then like limp sync to a song and then i would start bleeding out of my mouth and it just like <laughs> wasn't good it wasn't a good show i respond to it I it sounds it. complicated it was. I mean, it wasn't like it was. It wasn't like that complicated because just like me doing nothing with a blood pack. But it was like a grand. It was a grand idea that I really well, that, hoped would work. Because I've fallen into that so many times. Um, similar thing. Because when I feel like when the types of ideas we have, when they go well, they're magical, and the audience doesn't see what's coming, and it's magic. And then sometimes you're like, I just held blood packs in my mouth for <laughs> two hours. Yeah, and it didn't work as well as I wanted. I remember. Why did I do this. I think Joel Kim Booster was. It was the show ended and I was like cleaning up and Joel was on the show. And I was like, I, I like just met him recently. I was a really big fan of him. I remember him being like, I just remember him saying like, why did you do that? Always <laughs> <laughs> a good response. And I, I said, I thought it would be funny. And he was like, okay. <laughs> Mary, anything spring to mind? Um, at first I was like, hmm, can't think of. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Um, it was Lethal Lottery at um over the eight um of course brett davis's show where he pairs up people and it was me and diana kolsky and the great diana kolsky um our first time together we won it and it was incredible and then you know i think we let the pressure get to us and um similar to the blood packets in the mouth i think we felt like we need to do something really crazy because we want to win um it's really important to win and have the audience be like well they really freaking went there so i guess we have to vote for them um i don't remember everything we did i is this what you like called your parents or something like that that was the one that we did a good job (laughs) okay (laughs) and it was my parents were physically on stage with us (laughs) Right, right right um this next one i forget if we were being Two broke girls, or if that was also the parent one. Well, regardless, we took our tops off and had elaborate pasties, um, which I think people were like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Another one where when they come off and you're anticipating, because in your mind, you walk through that, right? And you're like, and that's the moment when the crowd erupts. Yeah, we mm. were just thinking like, oh, that's like a big thing to do. And then, Whereas it, it's not like smart or funny. <laughs> and then it, when it fizzles, you feel so alone yeah it felt foolish and you're saying enchanted pumice yeah three camera sitcom with mm-hmm. four sets green screen technology mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i believe one rehearsal morning off no chance you're saying it's gonna go great smoothly really funny zero yeah, percent chance i think chance. it's gonna be fun i think um <laughs> i think worst case scenario isn't even so bad which is that we'll have like an awkward amount of time in between scenes i can't wait it's gonna be really fun and i have nothing but faith and confidence in you and i'm only giving you a hard time to get this hype I train think it'll rolling. be fine and we'll, getting this hype train rolling <laughs> we'll cut out um 
lags. This in is the another YouTube thing you mentioned. That's really what people are going to watch. I heard you saying this. That you and Dave are having a very funny relationship because <laughs> I heard you saying that to Dave last night, uh -huh. and him going, "We can't really edit. We yeah. can't edit that much." He seems to be sort of, I think, scared, uh -huh. scared to let you down, and also scared of your idea. Um, also, what you pointed out to me yesterday, which now I'm realizing is um, I am speaking to him in a way that I think is very clear and literal. I think so, too. I'm on these emails. And he thinks that I'm um, like speaking a metaphor, well, kind of. I will say, we're just going to put <laughs> like Dave on the blast. example that you gave. <laughs> it's really funny. There's was, a very funny thing on, on these email chains. So I... We'll say on the emails, like, mm, ideally, I guess it'll be two or three sets, but, you know, we could just have one set to move the props. Whatever you think is easier, we'll do. Or what? And Jersey like, Dave is very Like, if you need me to head. make something easier, like, fine, we're happy to do it. And he thinks that's a challenge he just, and not me <laughs> trying to accommodate. He's taking that as some. You are in a very straightforward way saying, like, hey, if any of this seems too difficult, just let me know. I can rewrite it. And he, yeah. in his mind, is taking that as, like, Mary is challenging me and saying I can't accomplish anything these things. you can't do. <laughs> it's a very sweet and funny thing, but he's putting himself through a lot of yeah. duress. And I, th yes, he he has it in his head that this is a challenge you're posing uh -huh. and a gauntlet you're throwing down. I'm on these email chains where you are consistently like, would love to do this, but if it's not possible, yeah. just say the word. Yeah. He's taking that as like, he's reading that as you going like, I bet you can't step up to the plate, you weak motherfucker. Yeah. Like that's how he's taking it <laughs> so, for some reason. So he's hearing it like a, uh, like, and so if, if if you can't do that, then just let me know, and I, I'll I'll change something. I guess, which of course is all up to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the I love a uh, manners. And so also the editing thing I think is similar. Whereas I feel like the only thing that can possibly go wrong because we're just performing a play. The only thing that can go wrong is that like in between the scenes there'll be like an awkward amount of time Confusion. where like before the scene starts it's like there's people giggling people because need to sometimes cameras... sprint to another studio. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying lags will be cut out. <laughs> I'm not saying that... like we're going to be editing and switching camera I to camera. I watched him last night have a, a mini internal meltdown at yeah. the, when you suggested some simple edits and he was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> it's a very funny relationship yeah. you're building. You I'm talking should... cut and paste. Yes, yeah. indeed. Now, we take calls on this podcast. We've got a bunch of callers on the line. I was trying to think, what should we talk about? And then I thought, what are two topics that are very, very important to comedians? So I put out word. Today we'll be taking calls on the topics I think we as comedians like to sort of talk about the most when we're in green rooms, bars after shows together. I am, of course, talking about sports and finances. We're mm -hmm. taking calls on sports and mm -hmm. finances today. Mm -hmm. Every comedian yeah. loves talking about those two things. Yeah. And it's oh, great yeah. that we have, we're talking about sports, Tim Platt, finance, Mary Houlihan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's Tim, you, you, you look very... Unenthused, I would say. I, I have. I mean, I, uh, I. I'm down to play, baby. <laughs> down to play. Talking, uh, spoken uh, like a sports guy. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, down to play. I'm. Yeah, I'm down to play. Uh, 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 I like. I like sports. Like, as like a thing. I don't care about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I feel. I feel the same way about sports. I sort of feel about like film, where it's like I like it, but I don't care about it enough to get through the conversation that most people want to have so about you're them. You like mm -hmm. them enough, but maybe not enough to talk about them for the rest of the duration of this entire podcast. I mean, I have my things. I'll talk about the Washington Wizards. Let's see if anybody brings <laughs> them up. Let's go to uh, Leo in Minnesota. Leo, 
Are we talking about sports or are we talking about finances today, Leo? Hit me with it. Talking about sports. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about with sports here? If it's the Washington Wizards, Tim Platt is going to light up. If it's anything else, might be an uphill climb. I want to talk about a downhill ski. You want to talk about downhill skiing? Okay. You've called the CGP podcast to talk about downhill skiing. What's the angle on this? What's the entryway? Because we're ready. We're ready to go. Well, in Minnesota, it snows a lot, so uh, there's a lot of competition on the mountains. Okay. Competition on the mountains. And we're also, uh, yeah, and uh, I went last time, and uh, I got beef, man. I got beef. You got beef with whom? Yeah, I got beef with this. Um, they are, they're, they call themselves the Wizards, but I don't think it's the ones that you're talking about. Wait. There's a um, skate they, uh, crew named the Wizards that's that's fucking with you? A gang called the Wizards yeah, on the slopes? Yeah, they're called the Wizards and they suck. What did they do to you? Yeah, well, who are, who is... I didn't know there were ski gangs. Oh, there is, especially here. And um, I'm just saying, you know, last time, there's a big kegger on the mountain every single year. <laughs> My team brought the beer last year. This year, the Wizards turned, did not bring anything. The wizards dropped the social ball. Mary, have you ever been skiing? No. I haven't either. And I have a very weird theory that Irish Catholics do not ski. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think I've ever met another <laughs> Irish Catholic. Are there any other Irish Catholics in this room? No. Irish Catholics, I think as a rule, we do not ski. What no. is that about, do you think? It's that sounds pretty anti-Semitic. <laughs> hey, there's a running theme on this show where people call me anti-Semitic. <laughs> I just have to say, I just want to go on record and say, while I recognize you guys are having fun with it, it makes me uh, <laughs> largely uncomfortable. Robbie Hoffman has led the charge on branding me anti-Semitic. <laughs> and uh, callers love to really underline that. Way to mm. jump right on it, Leah. Uh, Leah, when you're on the slopes, do you ever run into Irish Catholics? Um, downhill skiing is a primarily Jewish sport. Really? Primarily Jewish. <laughs> I feel like there's a weird... Now that you mention yeah. it. Yeah. All of, yeah, I, I, yeah, for sure. Are you a big skier? You're saying it's no, a Jewish but, sport? but I, 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 my town was predominantly Jewish. Yeah, uh, skiing and skiing was a huge. You know that that winter vacation to go skiing was a huge. Yeah, that is interesting. Maya's Where did you hear? Revelation. Wow, she's having a revelation. Where did you hear that? Is that common All of knowledge? All of us do have an ESP kind of thing going on, right? Wow. So skiers, are... and I actually wanted to ask you. Yeah, Jewish ESP is a thing. Uh -huh. Jewish I, I do not condone what's happening Griffin here. Newman -Bot that's Griffin Newman-Bot is back on the show. I had no <laughs> idea Griffin Newman-Bot was even listening. Leo, you <laughs> hey, were saying. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the call, Leo. Let's, okay, thank you so much. Mary, I feel like, do you feel like the Irish Catholic attitude is a little, I feel like growing up with it, and we haven't discussed our shared Irish Catholicism no. too much, but I feel there's a little bit of like, what am I going to go up a mountain for? What good is going to happen? I'm going to fall down the mountain. How fun is it really going to be? I think I'll stay at the bottom of the mountain where I belong. Yeah, I think it's like ostentatious or like you don't deserve to do it. <laughs> yeah, who deserves that amount? Well, that seems fun. And what have you done? Leisure, right? What have you done to earn fun in your life? Yeah. But you know, can I just say, uh, you know, when Moses went up the mountain, he came down with some rules. Ooh. And when uh, Jesus went upon the mountain, uh, he gave a bit of a sermon on top. Tim, you made that way smarter than it was. I'm really good in the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You're being a total kangaroo jack now. What, what was that, Griffin? Bot? You're being a kangaroo jack and you know it. <laughs> like, I feel like whenever people even mention potentially doing winter sports, 
no thanks. All in my head is like, well, I mean, like renting something is going right. to cost, and then that's not even including the lift ticket. And what we're just going to go for one day, two lift tickets for a whole week. That's crazy. You sound a lot like my mom right now. Yeah. <laughs> you really do. You sound like the woman yeah. who raised me right now. I, and then also, also <laughs> what? Also, I can be cold or crash into a tree? No yeah. thanks. I'm going to pay, what, $200 what? to spend three hours tops doing it. Like, no. We once <laughs> That's went, crazy. My family once went to Universal Studios in Florida. Uh-huh. And my mom doesn't go on any rides, but we convinced her to go on the Yogi Bear ride. <laughs> Which is one of those rides where you sit in a movie theater and then the chairs oh, kind of yeah, move. Yeah. And, yeah. and when we got off it, my mom was being really quiet. And then when we said, Ma, did you like the ride? She just went, I wish you just tied me down to a chair with rope and kicked me for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was her Irish Catholic attitude. Let's go to Steve in North Carolina. Steve, we talking sports or are we talking finances? Every comedian's favorite topics. Uh, Steve, uh, this is Michael Anthony from uh, Staten Island. I love your show. Love the Mike Francis show. I want to talk about sports today. I, <laughs> yes. want, I, want, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the sport of professional wrestling specifically. Uh, recently, it. Recently, it seems that Steve Harvey actually made an agreement to join Anthem Sports and Entertainment, the home of Impact Wrestling. What do you guys think about Steve Harvey getting involved in the world of professional wrestling? You're talking Steve Harvey, the king of comedy, he of Family Feud? It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with due respect, I don't think there's another Steve Harvey. Okay, slow your roll. This dude is from Staten Island. He thinks he's calling WFAN Radio, the legendary <laughs> sports talk. We'll, we'll just roll with it. Tim, your opinion on Steve Harvey becoming associated with a company that's also associated with professional wrestling? Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you where this is going to put my head. Uh, I just, <laughs> I just read the uh, the Dennis Rodman Wikipedia page, uh-huh. and I uh-huh. forgot that he briefly wrestled after his NBA career. He did in WCW, and yes. I thought that, and I remember that when I was a kid, but completely forgot about it. And if we can, I'd like to pivot completely to Dennis Rodman being a great rebounder and uh, what that meant as a as an NBA player. And uh, also just that Dennis Rodman was a cool guy, I think. Yeah. Though I can't yeah. speak for a lot of his political decisions now. I think at sure. the time, as a young boy, not sure how to play my own game, Dennis Rodman was uh, certainly quite inspirational. You can pick one thing and you can do it well. Does that answer your question, sir? Tim, you're being a very, very vocal proponent of Dennis Rodman, a man who is a personal friend of dictator Kim Jong-un. Right, right. I, 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 I think you might have just forgotten that one moment where I said I can't, I can't account for his personal stuff. But at the time, at the time... But when, your level of enthusiasm for his past does not seem to even come close to your uh, brushing aside his present. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, he was in the NWO. He was in the NWO. He was in the NWO. Mm-hmm. He was the NWO, the New World Order. Mary, you... He also skipped a, <laughs> a Bulls practice during the uh, championship run to appear on Monday Night Nitro. Fun fact. Look at that. Wow. Now, Mary, you mm. have, I've seen, you have painted a number of portraits of it's professional true. wrestlers. It's true. Are you a fan of professional wrestling or just painting wrestlers? Not really. I like the action figures. I like the video games. How do, uh, how I don't does, really watch a lick of it. How does one <laughs> fall into painting professional wrestlers? Well, I paint whatever people ask me to, unless it's like really stupid. Um, and a lot. Could you paint Steve Harvey, please? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think you have. I have. <laughs> um, right, who are you, Kangaroo oh Jack or something? Okay. Okay, <laughs> Griffin Newman. Oh, um, uh, Kangaroo Jack alert! We got a Kangaroo Jack what? over here. Stop, Justin. With whatever it is you think is so funny I'm about Kangaroo any... Jack, stop pushing those buttons. <laughs> I don't, I'm not pushing any buttons. Okay. 
so a lot of people commission okay. Okay. wrestlers because well, they're popular. Now, I will also say, wow. Dennis Rodman, I'm glad this came out. Dennis Rodman was in WCW. I would argue he's not even the most ludicrous um, celebrity cameo in wrestling history by a long shot. I agree. David Arquette, briefly, WCW world champion. Many wrestlers who uh, worked their whole lives for a shot. David Arquette, who was never that big, world champion. But he was mm. in that wrestling movie, wasn't he? He was, and I believe that's how it segued into him becoming the actual Yeah, it was champion. a cross-promotion there. Oh. For sure. Uh, now, and 1-800-COLLECT. Once, you, once I mean, you get hello. into the... That yeah, that's true. Once you get into the raw guest host era, it's really an open door for celebrity interaction. You had uh, Kermit the Frog, uh-huh. Bob Barker. Jeez, uh, it was it was quite the long list of quote unquote celebrities. I believe Snooki from Jersey Shore has a WrestleMania victory under her belt. Oh, beautiful. I love her. I, now, I, yeah. why are there so many songs about rainbows? Hey, why are there so many ready to rumbles? Yes. Now, Michael from Staten Island, I believe is what you told us. <laughs> I would argue that the greatest of all time uh, weird cameo in wrestling, and and you, uh, Steve from North Carolina slash Michael from uh, Staten Island, I feel like you might, you sound like a real fan who will remember this. I would argue the greatest one of all time is when the Four Horsemen, the legendary stable, the Four Horsemen, we're talking Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, Ole Anderson, huge badasses, all champions in their own right. They had to fight none other than RoboCop. Have you seen this footage, <laughs> Tim? Have no, you seen I have not seen this. Capital Combat, how could I forget? An incredible moment in WCW history, and Sting, frankly, doesn't get enough credit. Sting does not. Now, I'm so mad you called yourself Michael from Staten Island because Steve from North Carolina, I believe is your real name, and North Carolina, wrestling hotbed, you guys worship Ric Flair there. You have to watch the biggest badasses, maybe in wrestling history, RoboCop comes down the aisle and they have to go like, oh shit, and like run away and be like, oh God, oh fuck, it's RoboCop, everybody circle up, we gotta figure out how we're gonna fight this half man, half machine, policeman, and they had to take it seriously and sell it, and then they fought RoboCop. They fought RoboCop, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I forgot. My name is actually Dave. I just mumbled into the thing and it heard it wrong. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, Ric Flair really got dealt a bad, a bad hand in WCW. He had that uh, insane asylum gimmick for a while. Uh-huh. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. Just, just a bad time, and and I think it actually affected his confidence through the end of his WWE career in 2008. He admits that many of his matches were not up to par. Yeah, he got his confidence shook based on his WCW experience. Now, Dave, is, this is not Dave Cohen, is it? Uh, no, this is not Dave Cohen, but fun fact, I was at your Durham, North Carolina show, and I refused to tell you what I would do uh, in, in an emergency situation, and uh, that got a big laugh. There. Oh, good. I'm glad you got the laugh at my show. Yeah. Someone had to. <laughs> Yay. That was a great show. It was a really fun time. Sounds like we could talk about wrestling all day. Why do people in North Carolina love Ric Flair so much? Uh, I think it's because he's sort of a native son as he came into the mid-Atlantic, mid-Atlantic territory in the 80s. Obviously, he's from like the, the, the central north part of the region and the AWA with Ganya and all that stuff. Well, you but can really I really think he made the city his own in the 80s. All right. Well, thank you so much for the call, Michael from Staten Island, a.k.a. Steve from North Carolina, a.k.a. Dave from <laughs> North Carolina. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for your time. I'm really glad. I think these calls have gone. I, I picked a topic that was intentionally going to be something we didn't have much to say, but these yeah. are working out mm-hmm. well. Do you remember, and I, I think it was in 2008 when uh, was a, 
it was a uh, Mr. Grandolf Ulf was, was started wrestling uh-huh. with everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, you remember that huge celebrity cameo. Mr. Yeah. Grandolf really Ulf, the, the king's son, the king's old yeah. son. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, and he was like, "I want her, I want her, I'm gonna take you down." And everyone was like, "Yay! Now, we love Mr. Grandolf Ulf." Now I've always wondered why he refers to himself. Well, how come he doesn't call himself Prince Grandolf? He refers to him as the king's old son. Oh, I think in his words he said, "I'm so insecure. I want people to like me for me, not for my crown." Which will never come. Where? <laughs> okay, let's go to Big Matthew baby. in Albuquerque. Matthew, <laughs> welcome to the show. We talking sports or finances? Uh, well, actually, I'd like to talk about the finances of sports, okay, uh, specifically beautiful. baseball. Uh huh. Yeah, let's talk. Um, yeah, I'm wondering what you guys think about the uh, about the minor league pay because I know that's a big issue, and and you know a bunch of patriotic Americans. I'm sure you follow the national pastime. Yeah, it's a big issue to me. Yeah. Mary, very, very passionate. I've been oh, watching the Orioles, but they're really bad. And that's what I've learned from that. <laughs> I think this minor league pay, it's a nightmare. I can't stand this stuff. Let's get specific, Mary. <laughs> what is it that makes it such a nightmare in your mind as an avowed baseball fanatic? I mean, you look at the pay that some of these minor leaguers get, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, what were you saying before the show when you were like, oh, you were, you were saying like, oh, and those ba- those bats cost more than, yeah, than, than, yeah. than how much they are, you know, they've spent more money on the bats than they do on the players. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So did we answer your question? I don't think so. <laughs> now, Matthew, I do, I do know, I've read on this a little bit. Some of these minor league players, they dedicate their whole lives to baseball and they can't even afford apartments. They wind up living with people in the towns that they, that their teams are in. So they wind up in these like, like tertiary cities with these tiny, tiny single A base. So it'll be like somebody's playing for like the Iowa City Hawks or the Toledo Mud Hens, and they got to stay in a spare room with somebody who lives near the stadium. True or false? Uh, this is true. And when they do, when they are able to get an apartment, it'll be five people in an apartment. You know, five twenty-two-year-old kids who are making maybe a thousand dollars a month. That's well, horrible. They work and because yeah, Congress just passed a bill that oh. made them made it so they can. Be paid less than minimum wage. Whoa! Minor, wait, Congress passed a bill that said minor leaguers can get less than minimum wage. They oh took time God. on that. Yeah, it was part of a big omnibus spending bill. Um, but you know, that's a whole other that's a whole other topic. Uh, but it, it it is ridiculous, and you see these major league players. You know, they make five hundred grand a year minimum, and these some of these minor league players are getting seven hundred bucks in the, a month, wow. and they only get paid during the season. Now, how do you guys feel knowing that we've discovered minor league baseball players are maybe the only culture of people more financially tenuous than stand-up comedians? Uh, it's funny. The, when they were talking about uh, staying in people's like apartments, I was like, yeah, that's, that's, right. that's, that's the life. You know? That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Yeah, this is news to me. I'm curious. Um, are there like people in the major league that are you know, in solidarity with these guys, like talking about it publicly? Is there anything like that happening? There's one pitcher for the uh, Washington Nationals, Sean Doolittle, who uh, he's very outspoken about this kind of stuff. Mm, uh, but most of the major leaguers. Doolittle? What's his name? <laughs> Sean Doolittle. Oh. Strong Doolittle. Strong oh. Doolittle. <laughs> that is a very baseball name. Yeah. 
classic minor league baseball name. Strong Doolittle. <laughs> strong Doolittle. That's my new nickname for you, Justin. Yeah, Strong Doolittle. Hey, what's up, y'all? Strong Doolittle. Give me a bat and I'll hit a ball. Strong Doolittle. Okay, goodbye. Get back here. It's me, Mr. Grandolph, and you're my best friend. Ah, don't chase me. Don't chase me. Play with me. Play with me. No. Is Tony Soprano here? Oh, boy. Is that Dr. Melfi? <laughs> Sorry, dur- during uh, during Justin's whole thing, I decided I needed to have my own fun. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Make my own fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I ma- think um, hopefully out of this podcast, uh, you know, Kickstarter will be brought to uh, Justice oh, yeah, and, yeah. and will make a difference for minor league baseball as well. I think, that we're you know, this is kind of becoming a good... Um, agent of change this podcast yeah tim i feel like you were very upset about the kickstarter unionization things and not upset at all about the exploitation of minor league baseball players. oh i am upset about that i am upset about that you're I, sitting there drawing well i was well you know i was uh <laughs> that's so funny that you say that because it was uh it was more like shading i was shading which is like okay. a little bit different okay. from drawing fair. Okay. Uh, fair i uh yeah you know it's about personal connections <laughs> <laughs> You know, if I, had, if I had more friends in the minor league, I could probably perform outrage more. But it does suck. I, it is like, it is annoying. Do that- they work every day? Or like, what's their schedule like? It's very hard for them to get other jobs. Yeah. yeah. The schedule's so weird. They work seasonally. Yeah, they, they work every day during the season. And, uh, they, and they can't, they don't count spring training as part of the year. Really? So they're not even getting paid, get paid for paid spring training. training. Unbelievable. Wow. And some of these are like 19-year-old yeah, kids. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and a lot of these kids, you know, maybe they get a five thousand dollars signing bonus, so that's what they get to live off of until the season starts. Uh, and then, well, you know, other ones, you know, get million dollar signing bonus. And sometimes these kids come from other other countries, right? Like they don't necessarily speak English as a first language. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of players in the Dominican Republic. Uh, minor league teams have done a lot better job of hiring, you know, people to help them uh, to help them assimilate. Um, but it's still, you know, if you're a wow. if you're a 16 year old kid from the Dominican who's didn't graduate high school, and now you're in Dubuque, Iowa, to go to and yeah. play in Iowa. Now you're and in you Dubuque. have like a work visa to play minor league baseball, and you like literally couldn't even get a second job if you wanted. And you're getting seven hundred dollars a month to live your dream. I mean, what's like hmm. the timeline in terms of a, a a minor league baseball career? Like, how? What's the? Is there like a median? Uh, time to make it to the majors? Yeah, or just like uh, amount of time people stay in it before going to the majors or dropping off. Well, let's just also put out here, because there's single-A ball, double-A ball, triple-A ball, then there's like semi-pro leagues. So people can float for literal years in this system. Okay. Also, uh, Matthew from Albuquerque, you know more about it than I do. I think something like literally 98% of players don't make it to the majors. Is that true? Something very high, right? Yeah, yeah. Of the players who are drafted, which is only the American players, I think I saw the stat where it's, like eighty-eight percent never make the majors, oh and they'll spend um, years trying. If you do make the, if you do make the majors for one day, though, you get health care for life because the majors have good union. Ooh, uh, so it's kind life. of like, hey, well, if you make it one day, your family gets health care for one day. I'll train you, strong Doolittle will train you. <laughs> no, can we? This one is. Let's off do the a rails. training montage. Uh, <laughs> Chris, throw me the ball. Chris, throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Chris, throw me the ball. Why Chris. don't you ask me to throw you the ball? I've got a ball right here. Yet you don't want Gandalf, it. Gandalf, throw me the ball. Gandalf. 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 That's not my name. Wee! Ah! <laughs> Wee! Ah! Wee! Boo! You hate me. 
you're like my dad, the king, who will never step down. <laughs> I was looking, I was hoping to find Tony Soprano here. Dr. Melfi, what are you doing here? Uh, I will say the older I get, the more like I get into baseball again. Like it is like a sort of, it's a kind of, gets more romantic the older I get. I was never like mm-hmm. super into it. But now like every time I get to watch a game or go to a game or like watch like, like a, a softball at like a park by like whatever it's mm-hmm. it's just really fun the pace of the game is so fun um yeah i wish it was more uh i don't know you know that's a thought obsessed with baseball who my boyfriend oh. Oh. Matthew, he likes two things for in the, the world me and baseball he also adores okay. my hand and the things it says it's true yeah all right Tim, you had mentioned in that yeah. when it was brought up that minor league baseball players have to crash at uh, fans' houses, you immediately said, oh, I identify with that. Is this something you've done in your travels as a comedian? Um, Not a whole lot, but like enough for sure. Um, like whenever I'm in performing Philly, I'm, I'm crashing at friends' houses. If I have uh-huh, to go uh-huh. somewhere north. You're it, talking friends. I'm cra- I'm, I've been doing pretty well the last few years, and I'm in Buffalo next weekend crashing in a stranger's basement. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, saving me a couple hundred bucks on a hotel room, and I'm like, I'm going to sleep in some guy's basement. Wait, cool. Never met him. Wait, how did this How did this happen? He Facebook messaged me and was like, you need a place to crash? Oh, and I was my. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll do it. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I'm Have, playing Sugar City because I saw you played there. I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good space, it seems like. Nice people. You're not staying in Pat Cooley's basement, are you? No, but he's <laughs> doing the show. Yeah. I hear he's great. I stayed at his place. It was really nice. I'm staying at some guy's house. Who Facebook messaged me. Anyone who messaged me. Uh, Justin, mm-hmm. should I be doing You've been on the road with me. This is going to mm-hmm. be a disaster, right? It may Carmen not- has to bail on the show, so I don't even. Th- I think I'll be alone in a stranger's house. I won't even have a friend with me. I, it's not recommended. I wouldn't recommend you well, do that we'll, sort of thing. We'll all come. Yeah, we'll come. What if I get? What if that's how I die? What if I get killed <laughs> in fucking Buffalo in a maniac's basement? No. But you're you're putting yourself in this position, Chris. I can probably afford a low level hotel. You I'm can sure you afford could. a low level hotel. <laughs> this stage in life. Yeah. What do you think a Motel Six in Buffalo goes for a night? Forty-five, sixty bucks, forty-five bucks. Should we pull it up? Let's yeah, see. can we Google it? Let's do it for the okay. night of the twentieth. Let's see what we can find. And go on, go on Kayak or Expedia or one of these. Do they find you? Yeah, there's Ex- Expedia. We're going on mm-hmm. Expedia right don't now. Don't click the one with the ad. Let's, okay, let's put it in for <laughs> September, the night of September 20th. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay. okay everyone want to guess? Everyone want to guess? Over under. Does anyone guess. want to guess? Everyone want to guess. Oh, guess uh, I'm a, Mary guess guess 60. Um, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a middle child, so I'll go straight to the middle. I'm going to guess $50. Okay. I'm going to guess 98 Okay. Oh, Maya, um, I guess two thousand two hundred twenty. I'll do twenty dollars. Twenty. Oh, you went. You started at two thousand. <laughs> I yeah 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 twenty dollars. <laughs> so pretty confidently twenty dollars. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. I love the number two. <laughs> okay. okay. Motel Six by the Buffalo Airport. Sixty three dollars hey. a night. Sixty three. I told you guys. Who got the closest? Mary did. Mary. Mary. Mary did. Me she did. got sixty. <laughs> should I just spend sixty bucks and stay out near the airport? Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you you definitely want, should. Yeah. But what if I listen? It's you're nice, gonna yeah. offend this guy, and that's gonna be okay. I think he feels weird about it. He feels uh, weird what? that I said yes. <laughs> Why? Just talk, talk me through this text exchange. Okay. What happened? So he Facebook messaged me. He's like, "Hey, I got a basement. Bands crash there when they play Sugar City. If you want to crash there, let me know." And I wrote back. I was business. like, "I was like, yeah, let's do it." 
And then I never heard from him. And then like maybe four or five days ago, he messaged. He's like, hey, uh, I'm just following up. Do you, are you like, you actually want to stay in my basement? Uh-huh. And I could tell he well, almost you know was like. why, Chris? Why? Because you're famous. No, I'm not. Mary. So he Mary, thought that you were saying mm-hmm. that to be nice. It makes me very uncomfortable that you say that. I mean, if you can just like look objectively. Used to be. So. I think used to be famous is much more accurate. But you're- don't think of the way that you see yourself. Think of the way that like a fan in Buffalo, they'd probably be like, Chris Gethard's staying in a hotel. He's just saying that to be nice. No, I'm sleeping in the stranger's house. And mm-hmm. Carmen bailed. Carmen has to bail on the show. I might be in real danger. Then you get might, a hotel. You might be you're in real gonna, danger. You're not going to sleep well if this is already in your brain. But, so yeah. it's like it's a yeah. waste. Like it's a waste of a night. But you know? here's my you're being here's, a drama king right no, now. I'm interested in why you're thinking about <laughs> doing. Here's it. why. Here's why. Because I feel like historically. There is a part of me that gets great glee in thinking, will this social discomfort be very, very funny? Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. Be a funny. Yeah. And I'm doing a show the next morning at 9 a.m. at Sugar City where everyone gets pancakes. <gasps> Good idea or bad idea? I mean... Wait, what? 9 a.m.? Yeah, they asked me if I... The first show sold out. They were like, you want to stay another night? And I was like, oh, I got to go to Detroit the next day. They were like, let's do a 9 a.m. show. And I was like, That's yeah, cool. okay. That'll be fun. I like that. Is uh, my life getting sad, Justin? Justin, no, this, this you've known me a while. Cool. This isn't sad. This is. I think like this is something that you would do at any point in your this career. It feels yeah. like something I would have done in 2009. Mm-hmm. But you f- have fun doing these things. I do. You have a lot of fun they doing They stress it. me out, but I simultaneously <laughs> have so much fun. Yeah. What's the weirdest circumstance you've ever stayed in on the road? Mm. Anybody? Or do you guys mostly stay with friends or hotels? Um, I've mostly stayed with friends. Uh, or like if I've got to be a hotel, then it's like been paid for. So it's usually kind of nice and easy. I went on like – I did do like a month. I toured um, like the West the West Coast as a part of like a, a children's play to sell books of a John Grisham book for kids. And that, like, the publisher paid for everything. So we stayed in super Ooh, nice wow. hotels the whole time. We had, like, Ooh. a big, <gasps> we had a big um, uh, van that drove us around everywhere. And that was really nice. The only, th- uh, nothing weird happened. Just, like, we didn't, the book was really bad. And so we had to, like, sell a book that we didn't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I played a, a Theo Boone kid lawyer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that mm-hmm. sounds fun. Mary, anything come to mind or no? Have you kept it mostly above board? always pleasant people are always really nice i once crashed we once did a thing with the gethard show in our early days where we drove an rv around the country we stayed in many questionable places i mean first of all just the rv parked in walmart parking lots (laughs) in like meth parts of arkansas like Mm -hmm. real scary Mm -hmm. like like peeking out through the blinds of the rv at four in the morning because there's straight up someone smoking a cigarette and just staring at the rv Mm -hmm. things like that we once (laughs) I also once stayed on a very, very rich person's estate in Malibu as part of that trip where we slept outside in sleeping bags and it was lovely until in the middle of the night, you just heard like, voot, 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 and we all woke up like, does everybody else hear that? And the sprinkler system went off, oh. blasting, and everybody got up and ran away, but That's I couldn't really find funny. my glasses. <laughs> so I was getting like smashed and blasted at three in the morning. Yeah. But my favorite was in Albuquerque, me and JD stayed at a fan's house. And it was these very, very sad hippie guys. Like really, they were, it was tough. And Why were they sad? It was just, it was one of these circumstances. Where was it? It was Scott, no, where it was Scottsdale. Uh-huh. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. And you could just tell like, oh, these kids need to get out of Scottsdale and they know it. And they used to party with their college friends and they're the ones who are still in the college town. 
And you could tell this and was kind of- they were 30, 40? They were like probably like 26, 27, okay. still in the college town, but like doing a lot of drugs. And I think kind of feeling they were past that. Like this is no longer charming college kid stuff. Probably at the point where like they were moving on from weed and like messing with pills. Like they were right on that edge. And they uh, they were like, okay, so one of you can crash in our kitchen and one of you can take the guest <laughs> room. Oh and the kitchen, there was like a fucking futon covered in dog hair no. and like stains and shit. And JD had been carrying, this is just a long tangent to end the episode on, but it's a good story. <laughs> Go for it. So fucking, I, look, JD had been like lugging all the camera equipment through the fucking desert. Like there were times where we were walking down a desert highway, he's carrying the shit. So I'm like, JD, you've been carrying all this fucking shit. I'll take this fucking cracked out kitchen nonsense. You take the spare room. He's like, yeah, thank you so much. So I sleep on this dog hair covered futon. There's like people fucking like wandering around in the middle of the night past me. JD, I find out the spare room, quote unquote, was downstairs on the ground floor. It was completely filled with fucking trash, broken electronics and <gasps> shit, like real, real grim stuff. They didn't have a bed. They had a hunting cot, which if you know what that is, it's two slats of wood with a piece of fabric in the middle. Uh. And, and it was like uh, probably like five feet long and JD's six foot four. <laughs> and he's got like, no joke, like $5,000 of equipment with him. The door doesn't lock. And in the middle of the night, the, there was a window with no glass in it, like a busted out window. Mm. And in the middle of the night, he smelled smoke. And he looked up oh and there was God. a man smoking a cigarette with his face through the window, just making eye contact with JD. So JD just had to sit on the edge of the house, hunting no. guy, staring at this man all night because he was just like, he's going to try to fucking murder me and take all this video equipment. Oh, my That's God. That's really mean of them to invite you over. Yeah, yeah it was wild. <laughs> it was wild. How did you meet these people? Was it just like oh, Twitter. fans? Like, Twitter, yeah. yeah. We were doing a whole thing where it was like, tweet at us and we'll just go and tell, like, if you tell us where to go, we'll just go there. And then these guys told, oh, no, that was the Bonnaroo one. That was Bonnaroo, where I was hitchhiking mm -hmm. to Bonnaroo, and I needed a place to um, crash. Mm -hmm. JD and I had been attacked by a hitchhiker earlier that day. I've really lived it. I've really lived it. <laughs> so your life. I think you should, like, I think you've had enough of these experiences for humor's sake, and I think you can get yourself a $60 You think at night. the age of 39, <laughs> as a new father, maybe I should just get a fucking Motel 6? Yeah, I think so. All right, we've got one more caller on the line. This is going to end the episode. So Connor in Brooklyn, bring the heat hey hey chris hey everyone um Hi. i i thought we were talking about m money or, fi or uh, yeah yeah what does it look like <laughs> oh okay it sounded like you were just talking about places you were crashing it like on tangent. tour it was a tangent. Uh, fun, yeah. fun stories okay <laughs> you know i no feel worries. like sleep yeah, is, a, is a body's bank end, i guess Mm -hmm. Connor, you want to talk finances right now? Let's talk finances. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I'm reading the the Big Short right now, and it's really depressing. Yeah. Has anyone ever? Uh, I, saw, into I that? watched it. I, I saw the film. I saw the film, and then I read the book, and it, I it was really instructive at the time. And I still, my, but when I think back to it, it's hard to like recollect what I learned. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, well, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> um i mean banks are bad really that's kind of the bottom line yeah and uh and they you know they they just got to walk with billions of our dollars so connor and, if, you uh, if you don't trust banks where are you investing uh well <laughs> um i so i i actually have a Wells lot of bank Fargo. accounts <laughs> because uh because i just keep opening like Wells Fargo accounts and Chase accounts and just like getting the bonuses and then closing them Ooh, that's a good scam. i don't know I heard of that. um yeah it's pretty easy i got a free money you can so you can just sign up for banks they give you a bonus then you close it 
and then just do that over and over again. Yeah. How much are these bonuses? Totally. <laughs> this is a great investment strategy. Um, a couple, usually like a couple hundred dollars. Sometimes uh, you can do Chase account every two years, get $300. Um, there's a bunch <laughs> of them. You just Google it. So every you will every two years sign up for Chase account, get two or three hundred dollars, close it, and then two years later, and all the banks do this. So what do you rotate your banks that you're scamming? A lot of them do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So you actively scam banks on a rotating basis. I try to. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> Let's go. I like that's, that. That's vigilante shit. We're gonna write a movie about you, Connor. Yeah, and it's gonna be mm-hmm. called The Big Short. Yeah, yes. <laughs> The Little Short. The little short. <laughs> it's gonna be called. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. What was your name, Justin? Um, Shorty. Strong Doolittle. Strong Doolittle. Strong Doolittle. Mm-hmm. Ah! Now, Connor, yes. as uh, a guy who name. Connor, yeah. as a guy who runs scams on banks, are, are you a scam guy? Are there other scams you can recommend for our listeners? Oh, uh, yeah, I do try to scam. Um, Whoa. I mean, Whoa. credit cards are kind of the same thing, but that's like more risky. And you, those you generally get, you get points, a bunch of bon- you get points bonuses, right? Uh, yeah, you can get just straight, straight cash. Okay. So you'll scam a credit card, uh, a bank. Credit, credit card. Yeah, scam, scam a credit card, a bank. I mean, banks run the credit cards, so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, oh man, what else do I scam? I'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with it right now, but I know um, there are others. Yeah, that's okay. Well, you know, if you download music, you're actually scamming the artists who are creating that music, yes, you know, because, like, yes. like, downloading music is sort of, you think you think you're taking away from the record companies, but actually from the artists who have put, so, yeah. who were creating that stuff. Did so. you ever stop to think about that? Mary's mad at you, Connor. Yeah. 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 Mary's mad at and you. And is I, I mad, admit, too. I didn't admit to, uh, you no, like the kind of music, but you know, they actually has a real cause. Uh, <laughs> well, here's a nice, a nice free scam, a nice free scam. You just go to the library and, and just, uh, you download CDs and, uh, watch movies for free. Yeah. And that's, you not, know it's not really that's not a scam. That's not a scam. That's a public service. Libraries <laughs> have all sorts of free shit. It's a good scam. I like your... Well, it's a scam that's kind of been set up scam. for you to succeed oh, at. Sure. Yeah. You know? Connor, thank you for the call and we're going to end that episode. Right, good financial advice for our listeners. Thank, thank you. Great call. Great call. Good Love financial you, advice for our listeners is libraries, yo, you can scam them. You can get books. <laughs> you can get access to the internet. Everything you want. As long as you give them back, you're golden. All right. <laughs> Maya, anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Oh, week? yes. Um, the Ladies Who Ranch, which is kind of my sketch group, um, we have a show on the 25th of September at Union Hall at 8 o'clock, I believe. And it, and Rachel said it's opening, and it's going to be the kind of night that you want to go to just because it's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Justin Linville, what do we got cooking here? Um, so Maya and I host a monthly show next week oh, called right. uh, Animal too. Show. It's a monthly uh, stand-up sell comedy it, show. Sell it, You don't sound enthusiastic. It's a monthly stand-up comedy show. Woo! You come, you pay a little money, you see a little uh, laugh, laugh, yeah, laugh, laugh. It's come a lot on. of this. It's a lot of me and Justin and then our friend David Steele kind of uh, telling the audience about sad, sad moments in his life. Yeah. Oh, and good. then there's a, the finale of uh, Podcast in Spaces next week. Oh. All right. Fair. Tim Platt, what do we got going? Um, I run a bi-monthly show at Union Hall with comedian Drew Anderson. It's called Sweethearts of Comedy. It's a really good show. Check it out. I also have a, a podcast called Hampton High on Forever Dog. That it's man, it's got a big. It's fifty episodes. Got a beginning, middle, and end. It's all about a sixteen-year-old. 
who's trying to run his own podcast in his school. <laughs> He's trying like Mark Marin. Uh, it's like a WTF with Mark Marin, but for my school. And that's the whole little joke about it. And you can check that out. And you can follow me on Instagram or on Twitter. And if you type in my name, you'll find me, Tim Platt. Mary Houlihan hosting Enchanted Pumice on CGP mm-hmm. next week. What else? What else are you thinking? Um, and also, if you want to learn more about finance, um, <laughs> please watch my web series called CEO Skyscraper. It's about a female CEO at an investment bank in a big skyscraper that her daddy built. It's on YouTube. Wonderful. <laughs> Everyone and wish I- uh, Ian Lockwood a happy wedding. Happy, wedding. happy wedding. 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 Can we quickly see if uh, Griffinbot has anything to plug? Sure. I, okay. <laughs> Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Blank Check on iTunes and also check out what? Blank Check special features on Patreon. And I've got shows in <laughs> Buffalo, oh, London, Buffalo, Detroit, Woodstock, Brooklyn, Asbury Park, Philly, Richmond, Baltimore, Chicago. All coming up, chrisgeth.com. Thanks. Do you for have listening. any uh, exciting new projects Shut coming up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.